like uh, you get to pull each one of them and do some work on it, like that game where like the sticks and the marbles above it. You're just waiting mm-hmm. for that one that you pull and shit falls right under it. What do they call that stupid game? I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, talking about like Candy Crush. No, no, dude, uh, there was it's a like, serious generational gap on that one. <laughs> but it is like basically, it's, it's basically Candy Crush sorry. with sticks. <laughs> like, it's the tube that it's has like sticks similar. that go through it that look like spaghetti noodles, right? Like uncooked. And you pour a whole bunch of marbles on top. And then as a group, you pull the sticks out and you lose if the marbles fall through. Mm, can't and you, for you like and I just don't remember what the name of it is, and I probably just butchered it. Is it is it Kerplunk? Yes, Kerplunk. That was it. Oh, really? What a yeah. lame name. Yeah, Welcome to the like, Tragedy it... Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and I just unplugged my mic, I think, or my headphones. Sorry, oh, with my foot. Hear you, nice Gary. And... How you doing today, brother? Um, I was just wondering about Kerplunk and. Uh, like, I think that's, like, a dead word, but, like, it meant, it is. like... It's a great word, though. It meant, like, bloop bloop or whatever. Yeah. Like, or, like, the, that yeah, sound like, when you, like, flick wow. your cheek. Yeah. You didn't do that when you were a kid, David? I The old I raindrop sound? No, no, I did, like, the whistle, you know, you put your, like, fingers in your mouth. I never did or that like one. like, the grass. Like, oh, yeah, you grass. take grass Ooh. and you put it between your thumb can, and the base of your thumb and that gap, and you... That, I, that one I have done. I could never do it. I'd sit there and just have like grass stained teeth and like make no noise, just be all pissed off. <laughs> um, maybe you need to revisit the <laughs> method with which you do this between your teeth. You Are you inhaling? Is <laughs> he using it as a toothpick? Well, um, that extra voice you're hearing is me incorrectly opening a show and not it's saying, uh, Welcome to our guest, David Sultani. How are you doing today, brother? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank God I'm doing great. Hey, that's uh, that's all we can uh, wish for, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, David uh, combines over seven years of experience into business management, acting, entertainment, and production, <laughs> known for his contribution both onset and offset roles. The entertainment industry advocates for bringing forward cultural visions, shaping new mindsets in the entertainment industry. And living out of New York, what's up, David? What's going on, guys? That made it sound so much more glorious than what it probably was. Um, it's all you about so the razzle. <laughs> we don't give ourselves enough credit in life I mean honestly that is a resume of truth and we don't look upon ourselves with the amount of love and favor that we should because if we if we did more then we would respect what others are doing even more that's a very good point actually yeah I think there's like you a know, we, medium we really put a lot into things and clearly you have yeah. what's that? I think it's like a happy medium of like patting yourself on the back giving yourself props and credit and the people around you, but also like staying hungry and like, you know, pushing. Right. It's like, there's a, there's, there's some a fine people line are, between. Yeah. But I think like a lot of people are too, too humble these days. I think when they're like really kicking ass and like, you know, I think. I think there's a difference between pride and self-love. Yeah. I think self-love is respecting that you have the capabilities that are, you know, unstoppable and managing those. The outcomes are actually just a result of loving yourself and being authentic with whatever your passion is. So if you don't rely on the self-worth out of the uh, end product, you're fucking good to go. You're on the hamster wheel of fun. Are we frozen? You guys hear me? Yeah, you, you're, you're good. You're just pixelated. That's all. Yeah. We can hear you clearly. It's just, you guys sound like robots. Oh, do we? Awesome. 
Take me nice. to your leader. Speaking of robots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you got to bounce, it's fine. Just jump back in. I'll end. I, I think I'm um, good now. David, so yes, you have sir. quite a career journey. And just like myself, I had a business management and operations degree and worked in consulting and that side of the world. And now work in, I guess, quote unquote, the entertainment industry and putting creative vision onto a screen or in your ears or something along right. those lines. How do you make that uh, change in career paths? Uh, well, if, if uh, I want to be completely honest, my original career path is actually going to be medicine. I um, graduated with a bachelor's degree in biology uh, and I had worked as an EMT uh, in the ambulance and both in, in the hospital. Uh, for thank a you couple for your years. service. Thank you. Well, I, well, I appreciate it's important. You saying that, that. That requires a very special human to endure something like that, and I say endure because it really is taxing to work in you know emergency services as a whole or medical. I think it's only taxing if you don't get. Uh, I mean, just I'm not really trying to preach about it here or anything, but service workers are not paid nearly enough for what they're doing, and really, if you're a person who gets rewarded you know, seeing people like smile and go from maybe not being able to breathe to all of a sudden thanking you for being able to breathe. That kind of stuff is what really 100%. like makes everything, you know. Um, but that was originally my uh, career path, uh, kind of coming out of high school. I actually was, for a while, I was the youngest volunteer in Maryland, uh, EMS at 16. But, uh, you know, oh, that's I'm cool. pretty sure someone, I think this girl beat my record. She's like 15 or something like that. Um, but Regardless, uh, so it, it was something that I wanted to do for a very long time. I was super passionate about it. And uh, at the same time, uh, a friend of mine and I, uh, who, you know, are, are really good at like web design and uh, like uh, graphics and, and videography and that kind of stuff, started a business, uh, just a marketing and advertising, you know, kind of uh, business that grew. And uh, now we have a, a good amount of employees that kind of do uh, a lot of the work leading us to be more administrative, uh, which has its pros and cons. Um, and For that sure. kind of just grew along with that. And so the original plan was like, okay, go to med school. And I have this business that is growing. So I'm not like, you know, a poor like residency student. Um, and then somewhere along the way, I, an agent just kind of found me and he was like, hey, so, you know, we don't have enough Middle Eastern people in the industry. Do you want to like come and, and, try out for this thing. And I said, sure, why not? And then two weeks later, I was like guest starring on FBI. And then that just kind of got me into the whole entertainment industry. And then like a year and a half ago, I had like a TV show idea because, you know, auditioning sucks and as many cool roles as you can get. Like it still takes a while for things to like 100%. really, really hit. So I was like, I'm just going to make my own thing. You got to love auditioning. At the end of the day, if you love auditioning, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I and I found that I don't love auditioning. Uh, <laughs> I like doing it. So, you know, I just started creating my own things. And then I mm, you know, found your Gary, voice. I, we actually have a book that we're uh, uh, currently in the process of uh, trying to publish uh, called Finding Your Voice. It's actually interesting you say that. Imagine but that. Kind of it's not found a coincidence. It. Never is. Uh, He's been pretty much on yeah. you. But uh, we kind of founded uh, myself and a couple other producer friends of mine kind of founded this uh, content development studio where we just, you know, kind of create content. And it's great because it kind of bounces off the business that I already have, the marketing advertising. 
So those two businesses just kind of work in tandem and we get to work with wonderful people like Gary, who is an amazing producer on so many projects um, to bring these projects to life. Sorry, that was a little long-winded. Um, no, I mean, that's what so, we're yeah, here for. Nah, and you've got an incredible journey <laughs> that you've gone through. I know that Gary works with you during the day. And I think I was in a meeting with you the other day as well. That's right. That's right. Um, we were working on a, a separate show. Yeah, yeah. It was super cool, by the way. Yeah. I was like, check this out. I don't belong here. I'm like the Make-A-Wish kid. Um, <laughs> that's how I feel at every meeting. That's how I feel right? every meeting. I, I, and I don't think we should have to feel that way. Gary tells me all the time I shouldn't, but I, I tend to turn that direction. Self-loathing and, you know, disrespecting our capabilities is something I'm real good at. Yeah, everyone's paths is different, though. You know, there's a lot of kids that came from parents in the industry, went to USC, full sale, and they got in the industry. Right. That does happen. But most people I know stumbled across <laughs> so it. So much so. Ended up there some way. And then, like, the passion for it is what leads you through all the shit yeah, that you have right. to eat at the beginning. For and, the, you know, but it's like, it, it's, it's good. You know, I'm probably twice David's age, but it doesn't seem like that. Like, you know, and I need people that have, you get down on this business after a while, you've been doing the grind for a long time. When people that are so passionate and like bring that new energy in, it's like all brand new again, you know, and Jay's the same way, you know, like you know, I'm doing these projects in my own company and I'm used to working for big companies with 10 different departments and I, I have to <laughs> kind of figure everything out. I mean, the graphics was like a part that I needed help with. You know, and Jay's like, I'm just going to figure right. it out. Pretty like, much. You know, like. Because I, I don't mean, come from the, that like, background at all. It was all out of just wanting to learn how to make cool shit. Simple as that. But like, it's. You know, that's, that's very, that's I know, it, it resonates now. a lot with me, actually. It's kind of. Well, I, I, yeah, I would really. be remiss not to mention yeah. that the majority of my graphics work came out of giving back to the people that came on the show through different forms of videos mm. or sizzle reels to introduce them coming on because I feel like there's just so much strength and vulnerability and I owe it to them for taking the time to come on this platform and share that story. So it allowed me to work on that at the same time. So it's kind of like a growing experience. Mm. Um, it, it allowed me to embrace art and learn empathy and grow at the same time. So it was a lot of fun. And Gary was always there checking out my videos afterwards, you know, like, hey, this is really cool. You should add this or, you know, going back and forth about things. Because I do the music as well, which I love. The music is actually what I owe probably so much of my mental health, you know, journey too. So I love creativity. I can see how you would end up where you are, um, especially because of what we're going to discuss today. It's not very uh, common for someone to go through the industry that you said you started out in and end up in entertainment. I had a similar one. I worked in emergency services for several years. Oh, I well, think thank you for your service. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I was a military <laughs> police officer, and you know that's a first responder, obviously, on large right, installations. Right. But um, I think that it's required for you to be able to do what we're going to discuss today, and that's bloodlines. You have to have empathy. You have to have the ability to translate the human experience in its best times and its worst times. You can be there for the birth of a child. You can be there for the loss of, uh, you know, loss of a loved one. Yeah. You can see the pain and the joy and all those things like you discussed when we uh, first started talking. 
And I think that without that, you don't have the lens to be able to communicate the sheer magnitude of the experiences of these people that we're going to discuss. Do you want to tell us about bloodlines? Sure. Um, well, I, I think that was a wonderful intro, by the way. I, I think that, I mean, the project itself is is such a massive undertaking, right? Where we're essentially, we, I mean, we've already collected almost a hundred, um, you know, never before heard, like, I mean, some of the most crazy things you've ever heard, accounts from refugees from everywhere in the Middle East, you know, from North Africa, I mean, you know, Egypt, Iraq, you know, India, I mean, all these different places. And um, that in itself, I mean, this, this, I, this whole thing started um, because I, um, one of the uh, organizations that a friend of mine leads uh, had posted something, you know, about the influx of refugees coming in, you know, two years ago. And we were thinking, okay, well, maybe we can shed some light on this through a documentary, you know, and we were collecting these stories and listening to these people. And then I kind of, you know, I, I went back home and I sat down and I just, I, I put on, what was it? I think it was Secession, one of those shows. Um, and I just watched Secession for a little bit and I just stopped and I was like, people aren't going to watch a documentary. Like people, people don't care, you know, people only really, really care uh, if it's something that you can get them in front of and like entertain them, which is you where care this kind about of... what you love, they're not going to show up for that reason. You you have to give exactly. them a different experience to ingest exactly. it. And people don't like to be told what to exactly. believe. Exactly. Nobody wants to be like you know. Uh, no, no one wants you to sit down and talk to them. They they just kind of want to hear what you're saying and make their own inferences. Which is where we got this uh, line of um, people need to be entertained to be educated. Because, you know, if somebody finds something entertaining, they themselves will go and do the research mm. and find things and they're going to just be interested in it way more than you trying to implore them to do something for 10 minutes, you know, is going to do for them. And that's kind of where we decided that why don't we use entertainment as a vehicle to tell these stories through an interesting family drama where, you know, you're able to, uh, because the family that we have in Bloodlines is this rich Middle Eastern family. They've never known, you know, uh, like what, what it is to be poor or what it mm. is to be a refugee. And so just like us in America, where we have no idea what that's like, mm -hmm. you know, they also don't know what that's like. So we can kind of see this like first person, like firsthand experience through that lens and go through as this like large family kind of splits up and goes through these different refugee journeys, kind of show these crazy things that happen. And when people say, whoa, that actually happened, it's like, yeah, that happened. Here's the people or here's like the group of, you know, area that that actually happened in. Like, this is the real story. Money doesn't people... buy everything. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly doesn't, especially in those types of experiences. It becomes yeah. worthless. It becomes what it is, a paperweight. A piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Or like and a piece people of metal. don't understand that, that when the apocalypse happens, you know, it's not like you're going to be able to give somebody a couple of Benjamins to get off your back. <laughs> exactly. You're going to have to go out and food find and them something worthwhile. Worth Water, yeah. food, food, shelter, yeah. the things exactly. that we actually need to live on this planet. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, people that watch documentaries are usually exactly. into whatever exactly. it is already, yeah. you know. I'm, I'm going to watch an MMA documentary because I love MMA, but I don't like figure skating. So that's me going and watching a figure skating documentary are slim. But if there's a really good show on TV about right. figure skaters, 
you mean, know, that Harding, was entertaining. Right. You're going to. Exactly. Yeah. Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would actually, I would, I would watch that documentary, but it's like a very interesting story that I already knew. But this is, uh, you know, it's, I think the, the key is it's going to be told from the perspective of the people that it affects that live through these things too. You know, it's uh, something that I think is very important for someone like me not being, you know, from that demographic to like help as much as I can to like set the stage and then let the people tell the story, you know, and just get them there, you know, do what I do and the logistics and, you know, all that kind of stuff as much as I can. And he's put together such a good team. It's like every box is ticked. Everybody's like really into it and different experience levels and different aspects of every kind of non-scripted, scripted music. I mean, it's, I think the the passion of the team is something that, you know, I'll bet on that, you know, all day, you know, starting off with just an idea, like it won't go anywhere without a team that's passionate about it. That's what we're for it. And, you know, I think, uh, I mean, every day I think you call me with a different project that it's like, you know, or I call you with one or, you know, we have, all, all these, you know, I'm, we're working on projects together and then he's working on with other, like, so many things have, going on. his network's just growing really quickly of just people that are all like, like-minded and hardworking and creative and like, no one's trying to hold the next man down, like, or keep right. everything for themselves. It's like, oh, this person's great. Like, bring them in. Like, we'll worry about percentages and stuff like that later. Like, let's get stuff made that's cool with good people. And then like, a lot of people gatekeep right. in this business or they want to like, keep everything to themselves and like a hundred percent of nothing exactly is you know like exactly. Yeah. well that's because so they're playing to a wallet cool. or somebody else's wants or desires they're creating things that they think will give them money if you're solely creating for money then it's probably not going to be anything that resonates because true art no matter what it is comes from an, a place of passion and authenticity and if you're giving these people or allowing them to speak their truth then this is really going to resonate with a lot of people. That's why those passionate people in that team are going to elevate it even further. Believe in collective gain or not like a collective energy. When right. like-minded people work together on something, it's not just the spearhead, it's the staff, it's the handle, it's everything in between in order for it to work. And I feel like that those types of teams don't get enough credit. I didn't even realize it until I started doing what I do now that how much is actually done, you know, on the back end of things before it shows up in front of people. Oh, so yeah. the fact that you're able to identify people to come onto your team as well is a testament to your ability to identify people's character. So kudos to you. And I'm, I'm looking forward to see how this all unfolds. Thank you. No, I, I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be able to talk about it. Do you think, um, you know, being in front of the camera, like, does that help you, like, be a better producer or being a, a producer help you better when it comes to the acting? Like, most people don't oh, play both sides. 100%. You know? I mean, it's it's exactly like Jay said five seconds ago, right? It's like, well, I didn't, um, I didn't know this was what was going on behind the scenes. And now I've done behind the scenes. I understand. So when mm -hmm. I go in front of it, if someone's like, okay, we want to make this, I don't look at it from the top down anymore. I'm like, okay, I know exactly what it's going to take to make this. So I can tell you right now, either this is not enough or this is not good enough, or this is great, but we need to add this, or we mm. need these four people because that's the only way it's going to get done. And I think that kind of, I mean, that translates to everything in life, right? You can be like, if you're a CEO, CEO and you don't even know like what's going on in your factory, you're making all these deals and all of a sudden you have these production problems 
And you're like, why do we have production problems? Like, well, you didn't know that your guys and your equipment couldn't handle what it was that you're asking for. And I mean, same thing for acting, right? It's like you, when you understand, I mean, even something as simple as camera angles, right? Like you, when you understand what A cam is, B cam is, what, what you know, uh, 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 focal lengths are, like, you know, um, the different like lenses, that kind of stuff. Or, oh, I'm like, Helen Keller with all that stuff. I just make shit up as I go. <laughs> I, I think a lot of that comes from experience though, right? Like once you've done it enough, you're like, yeah, I can kind of Yeah, repetitive setups there. and yeah, working in yeah. different recording environments does change yeah. your capabilities yeah. for sure. Exactly. But that stuff just all translates, you know, it just makes you better on both sides. It also allows you to respect the other yeah. side of it. Exactly. That's Yeah, huge. that's a big thing. Like post-production and production are always at war. And a lot of that comes from like not walking right. in the other person's shoes. You know, when I was just a producer in the field before I did any post gigs, I was motherfucking those guys <laughs> every day, you know, and like they do the same thing. You know, I was, I was doing a Sturgis motorcycle rally show and we'd be at the motorcycle rally in South Dakota for 10 days of pure hell. And, you know, that's the whole season. Why was, can I smell that? 10 days, so I just the first smelled season, Sturgis uh, for some day. reason. Like, uh, yeah. It's just porta burning potties, rubber yeah. and porta potties and, and, and like <laughs> shitty Draft weed beer. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, drawer spear. But it's, it's, it was a nightmare. I mean, it was terrible. But, you know, they, they complained after like the shots were shaky. I'm like, there's 700,000 <laughs> motorcycles. The audio is bad. No, again, like, 700,000 yeah, well, motorcycles. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting punched in the face. Like people are fighting That's us crazy. or throwing shit at us. Like. I mean, the whole time. So the next season, the company that did it, like, they were like, all right, well, we're going to bring the editors out. They could be the APs Ooh. and come out into the field. And, like, day one, they're, like, on the park bench at the end of the day, like, with, like, a wet towel <laughs> oh, over their head. Like, um, like we're staying in 10 by 10 sheds. It's just, like, uh, you used to get one. There's no windows. There's a front door. There's, like, no sink, nothing. It's just a bed and a bucket. And uh, then there's like communal like sure. bathroom like hundred yards away. It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> yeah, holy yeah, shit! I mean, no air. I can't just describing yeah, a no refugee camp, oh, brother. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was it, it's it's what it felt like. I mean, it was terrible, and wow. it's like ten days, and then it'll be like ninety nine degrees with like a hundred percent humidity, and then an hour later it'd be hailing, Oof. like the craziest weather ever, like up there, and just like. The racism and like the just it was it was rough, but like those guys saw real quick, like okay, like oh the reason that shot got shaky is because he probably almost got ran over or someone punched him or, or he like, got flashed and needed to head. take a mental health break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like there's exactly. nothing there to That's look why at. I said you needed a mental health break. It's <laughs> <laughs> poor wound, bad. Oh, no. Yeah, it was. It was a lot, but, you know, I did put, that was the first show I did post on too. Like, it's kind of like a, I don't know if it's quid mm. pro quo or whatever, I like but like, I agreed to like, go do post after like they came out. I'm like, all right, well, I'll do post on that show. And then like, I saw the challenges that they had, like putting this thing together with just fucked audio and shaky camera shots and, you know, like people double punch on the, you know, cause they jump out of the way of something and hit the button oh, again, man. you know, yeah, I, may, or like, I may or may not have done that you know, a thousand times, double punching shit. So angry when I'm done. Yeah. Done. Yeah, it's, it happens, you know. <laughs> right. If you're in the middle of an environment like that and like you're worried about getting run over or someone fighting you and it's like rock concerts going I can't on. Imagine. 
you know, like there's a zip line across the whole thing. And like at one point, some guy just falls off the zip line, like 30 something feet there, just like laying there. I like, feel like it was who insures a zip line at Sturgis? <laughs> who even blesses off on this? I can't there's see this. People, what do you like, like hold a set of up assless chaps each leg and just go riding My down God. the wire? <laughs> It was bicycle handles, and the thing was literally duct tape. Oh my! Like, God. That's it, what you want to see: like, duct tape on your zip line. I've seen duct tape on a set that I'm like, is that enough for this? Is like pretty alarming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Adapt and overcome. It, it's oh my God. It's better now, man. Twenty years ago, like it'd be like back in my day, but like when we started doing reality TV in you know in like 2002, 2003, like there was no pole like to it at all. Back in the Fear Factor days. Yeah, I mean we. Ooh. Yeah, it was just like get it done. They weren't like regulating mm. it, so like labor laws, OSHA, like all the that. The only thing they were regulating like, was just... not saying like "fuck on TV." You know, it's like you couldn't say. Oh yeah, don't look at a nipple, while. but you can surely uh, dangle right. from a helicopter with a camera right, by pains. Right, right. Well, right. <laughs> yeah, I did that. I definitely did that. Throwing watermelons out of a helicopter. Oh yeah, for um, like, uh, 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 all what's it called. Ultimate Fighter, right? Yeah, yeah, where he was throwing Connor out McGregor, the helicopter. Yeah. Man, that guy. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan so, of helicopters. Was, like, I've, I've jumped out of them and done that crap, but I'm telling you, you want to vomit immediately. As mm -hmm. soon as they start to do the up and down or fly, like, nap of the earth or whatever the hell they call it, near as possible. Oh, man. Man, dude, your stomach yeah. is out your mouth. You just want to vomit <laughs> everywhere. I'm like, this is not good. Gambling, Gambling. helps. Like, I was scared as shit. Listen, then the line producer was up there. He's like, I'll bet. Oh, we were like wagering. Like, I'll bet you five okay. Oh, better. Complicated yeah, yeah. the old survival. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't I don't gamble, but I oh, love as wagers. Soon as he's like, I'll bet you 500 bucks. Yeah. Oh, hold on. I, I got to yeah, show you my last uh, winnings of my last wager. Uh, oh, he's going to take his pants <laughs> off. That would be crazy. What did I lose? <clears throat> I forgot what I bet him something this and lost. This was the win what? of my last wager. Wait. What did I, what did uh, I, I lose? I think you bet me on some editing. I, for, the, for the audio oh, people out yeah. there, it is a reciprocating or like a uh, Gatlin gun nerf like missile shooter thingamajigger. Something it's like a that. a nerf Gatlin gun with a melted. missile shooter on top of it. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I perfectly meshed two clips together and I was like, it's perfect. It's like, no, it's not. I'm like, yes, it is. And I was not watching it with the audio and I had not. Cut the audio oh, out of one man. of the clips. Oh, yeah. So it took a big old wrapper was... right at his edit mark. Yeah. And he didn't even realize it was there. I gave him so many opportunities yeah. not to take the wager, too, by the way. Yeah. I was yeah, like, are was you just, sure you want to do this? I'll always pay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah, expect like, him to do it. I was just joking was around. But, nah. Nah. No, I'm it, the same way. If I, if I give you my word fun. or if I make a wager, I, you lose. Am I... Uh, my partner and I, we have the same kind of, uh, if we have a disagreement, we just rock, paper, scissors. And that's it. Doesn't matter who wins. Like, when you have to do it, that's it's done. I mean, honestly, it has the same weight and bearing <laughs> at the end of it as it just takes out all the diarrhea before the decision. Exactly. Like, just if you know that you can get rid yeah. of the problem that quick and move with forward momentum, I'm all for paper, paper rock, scissors, or paper, scissors, rock, or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, paper, scissors, rock is like a thing people say now. They, it's, it's is not it paper, right, rock, right? scissors? It's rock, paper, rock, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. Pretty sure it's rock, paper, scissors. Rapid. 
Yeah, people Dude, are it's like all over the place the now. now. That's crazy. And then like that Big Bang Theory, it's like you, you had Lizard Spock or some shit. Wait, what did you say yeah. it was rock paper yeah. scissors? What was I saying? Paper scissors. Yeah, that's rock. what I I'm like, man, was. dude. Yeah, but but somebody recently was saying it was paper scissors. I'm like, you don't just get to pick the order. There's an order. <laughs> well, I mean, like, technically, it's three people showing up at the table, <laughs> not necessarily in any order. In fact, in fact, I it guess, is designed like, to be random. In theory, yeah, but it's just the name of the actual I'm activity. Playing devil's advocate to rock paper random. scissors. Yeah. <laughs> What is my what is my life right now? So, David, I want to yes, slide us on track here. Sure. And there's some points that you make in your request for funding or the, the Indiegogo that you're working on to get this launched. And you had pointed out somewhere within there that there's a lot of cultural misunderstanding in the West for what life is like in the Middle East. Mm. If you could speak to that for a moment, sure. maybe talk about what it is that you see or the misconceptions that come from maybe media, historical, you know, inaccuracies and sure, things of that sure. nature. Um, I'd love to hear how that uh, is part of this particular project and why. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, I mean, I, to start with, I'm as American as both of you guys. You know, I grew up here, I born here, um, so I, you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt in the sense of, oh, this is coming directly from the mouths of you know people from there. But of course, my family's from there and everything. And I think here's here's the biggest thing, right? The biggest misconception I, I think that we as Americans have is that we are the best and that's it, right? And yes, I, I think that we're great. I mean, I love America. I wouldn't, you know, change it for anything. I love America. I think we're great. And even though we have a lot to work on, we're still awesome. But um, like, for example, you know, I was uh, in high school and uh, my teacher, and this was, this was six years ago, seven years ago now, right? My, our teacher pulled up a picture of Tehran, but I knew what that was, of course, because my mm -hmm. dad's Iranian. Um, it's the, 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 the capital city of, of Iran. And it looks exactly like New York. And she was like, oh, where is this? And everyone was like, oh, the New York and Chicago and Seattle and, you know, Europe. Someone said like Paris. Nobody said anything, in the, you know, and she was like, oh, this is like Iran. People are like, what? And it's it's that like, when you think of the Middle East, you're like, oh, so like desert and like, you know, like huts and like and camels and, camels and, and the classic, and, exactly. you know, head garb with the right, band around right, it. Right, they teach exactly. us all this and and all those things are there, right? Just like how there are still people like in America who like when you go out to like the Midwest who, you know, dress a little bit differently and 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 some people still have like more traditional like wear. And just like that, most other countries, you know, Asia, Middle East, Africa, Correct. you know, it's it's just like that. But also like that, they have major cities, they have the internet, you know, they have <laughs> toilets. Not everything is third world outside right, of the US. Right, right, right. And, and although like, you know, we're very fortunate here and I would say more uh, of America is, is kind of modernized than more of, let's say, the Middle East or more of, let's say, like Africa, mm -hmm. it's, it's still pretty like modern and it's, it's really not that far behind in the sense of like night and day or like we have internet and they don't. Um, and, and I think that's kind of the biggest like misconception that people kind of have. And it's, it's pure ignorance, right? It's just pure, like, 
you you don't you only like, know what you know and what exactly. you're given a window into. Exactly. Our window and, into yeah. the Middle East for so long has only been media outlets. Exactly. And the ability to consume drama, dramas and news exact, and all exactly. these things. And you only know what the camera's pointing at. And if you haven't even been there or set foot in it, how the hell are you going to understand the experience? Exactly, exactly. And like, you know, even my role in FBI was like that of like a, the, the terrorist, like younger brother, you know? And it's like the media that we show here, part of it is is our fault. But I will say also part of it is the Middle East's own fault. I mean, everyone kind of has their own biases. For example, I can't name the movie, uh, unfortunately. But uh, actually just three weeks ago, I was doing voiceover work for a really big film uh, that's coming out later this year that was funded by a Middle Eastern country for mm -hmm. American audiences. And they, you know, American audiences don't know, but I know that they rewrit history a little bit to kind of, you know, show certain mm. things about their country versus the other country and, you know, how like they're better, they're kind of a little bit more backward. And it's it's even stuff like that, right? Bro, this Both is Rocky IV. Literally. Wait, hands literally. down, this is Rocky well, IV. Literally. <laughs> whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. That's the one of the top three greatest movies of all time. Correct. I just gave it a compliment. It's uh, well, the way that the two sides in that and the understandings for what one country was versus the other and right, how Dolph right. Lundgren didn't understand how things were done there and vice yeah, versa. You can right, see it's right. how you can get like two people or two groupings of people cheering for opposing people and not understanding what the fundamentals exactly. are of the other side. Exactly. All you can do at that point is place all your money on what you know. It's kind of like religion in my mind. It's like you have to hedge all your bets because nobody can check who was right in the end. Right, right. There's no way to figure it out. So you just got to bet as hard as you can that you're doing it the way that you're supposed to. <laughs> Whether you believe it or not, I think there's a point of no return for people. Where they yeah. just, after yeah. a certain age, are like, you know what? I'm going to ride this out and see if I pick the right, you know, the, the right, right horse. horse. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I totally understand. Actually, uh, when I went to my first calculus lesson uh, in college, they, he, was, uh, he was talking about the equation that um, essentially it's if you believe that God, you know, maybe God exists, maybe God doesn't exist. But mm -hmm. it's better to believe because if nothing happens, then nothing happens. Like, you're fine. But if something is there and you didn't believe then, you know, <laughs> you're but in trouble. wouldn't whatever's out there know that you didn't believe and that you were just wearing a believer's <laughs> mask? Well, then that's why you have to pick the religion that believes in, like, all forgiveness and, like, all care. <laughs> we go. Your yeah, sins yeah. will be forgiven. You catch know? all, please. <laughs> yeah. I like, like that one where you can say you're sorry right at the last minute. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign me up for you that You just got to go into a dark little booth in the church and, like, oh, man, yeah. be in there with a guy that may or may not do something egregious. I did and that, I did that in, like, third grade when my... Um, my <laughs> The, the whole the whole confession thing mm, was super weird um, for me. I grew up like Southern Baptist, and my stepmother is from uh, Puerto Rico, and uh, she had me baptized Catholic. And then I went to uh, confession like during a whole, and I didn't know what the fuck to say in there. What sure. like I used to burn the strings on my bedspread, or like <laughs> like I sneak snacks at night, or I'm in third grade. Um, you, right, know, you just right. make up some shit. I said some swears and. Uh, you know, some other BS. Right. You don't tell them the truth anyway. Nobody tells the truth about what they really think inside their head. My 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 biggest uh, problem with a lot of religions uh, is that, for me at least, um, I know this is not 
on topic or anything, but I, I just think that the idea that if you believe that God is omnipotent, right, this idea of what we think God is, right, he can do anything, he can hear everything, he is everywhere, he's all these things, you wouldn't need somebody to be a middleman to God. Like You wouldn't need to talk Correct. to someone or worship something in order to then communicate with God or to worship God, at least in, in, in my you know, opinion. I think that if you believe in the idea of God, he can hear you, you ask him for help, you worship him, you do your best to be a good person. When you do wrong, you make it up to that person or that thing that you did wrong with, but yeah. you also ask for forgiveness and you, know, you try your best and you keep it moving. I believe that um, you have to recognize your own divinity in order to figure out that nothing can exist outside of a whole if that's the only thing that exists and that you are mm. part of God. And that in that, you have the ability to reconcile any situation within there. You can pray to yourself at the end of the day because you can't exist outside of them because there's only one everything. So for me, it allows me to realize that there's no veil that I need to cross in order to communicate with what is bigger than myself. I can't identify it. If we talk about religion, I've always subscribed to the pizza theory. I think that it all starts somewhere in the Middle East or Africa and that it spreads out in a circle. It started out one way and that each one of those slices as they spread away from the Middle East, each get a different topping. But they're all generally saying the same tenets, you know, be good, be nice. Right. You know, we all come from here. Language is a great divider, dude. It allows for people not to be able to understand words that we haven't put on things or feelings that exist in other cultures. But if you look at the religion theory, huh? as that pizza, you get to see that maybe this slice is halal. This one has no pork. This one's got sushi. This one's got this on it. But they're all still saying, be cool. Be cool to yeah, everybody exactly. else. Don't be a dick. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't cheat. You know, all that happy stuff. Honestly, it also sounds like rules for what game of make-believe, but that's a whole nother conversation, <laughs> right? In order for everybody to play the game, you got to abide by those rules. Because right. if you step outside of that and lie, then who else, you know, then you're breaking the rules right. and you're doing and getting things that you don't deserve. So right. but that's just a whole nother theory I have. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not cool if you're putting sushi on pizza. <laughs> Dude, they put corn and eggs. I lived yeah, in Tokyo. When I was in Sweden. I've, I've had, had corn, corn and they put eggs. I've had corn pizza. It's actually really good. I'm, I'm not even gonna lie. It's great. Yeah, no, it wasn't bad. But they also put squid on it. I wasn't down with squid. Uh, I don't no, need like a not. situation in the middle not of my me. slice of pizza that I gotta chew through I mean, what for is thirty pizza, minutes. Right? It's just it's bread and cheese and tomato sauce. I mean, that's really it. You know? bro. They, it, the you most go around basic the world. Stuff. That's a that's a benchmark for culture. <laughs> when which cultures take on pizza because they usually do there's a version of all these restaurants all over the world right but you get to see the flair for what's on a pizza hut pizza in dubai versus <laughs> a pizza hut pizza in the bronx oh no, well, I no love, it shouldn't be in the bronx i if you guys ever traveled to the middle east like do you take try the uh try the fast food there i mean it's crazy kfc there real chicken it's amazing mm -hmm. i mean fast food in especially like the middle east and like in europe is insane it is like this is fast food. Yeah. Like, really? This is it tastes like It's also correct yeah. portions. It's right, not like, right. you know, they don't give you a dump truck of fries and a Home Depot, a Home Depot bucket of soda to go with it. My God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I realized that when I lived in Japan as well. It was like when they give you a large drink, it's 
you know, about yay big. It's only about, you know, three or four yeah. inches tall. It's not a thirst buster from Circle K or whatever that you get. <laughs> yeah, like 96 ounces. Like, what do you What's do? 96 uh, ounces like, of Mountain Dew. Oh, man, that's, that's just like, that's methamphetamine is what that it is. It really is, like, dude. Nothing, nothing in nature is that color except for, like, the underarm of some weird bird trying to mate. Like, <laughs> or, like, <laughs> that shit is urine. not right. It's like bum urine. Probably. Bum like urine. Bum yeah, urine like, sounds like a fantastic yeah. band name. Like a punk yeah. band name. Like that would We're be a beer name. <laughs> we'll be here till yeah. around 8.30. I feel like that or like something like Dragon's Piss would be like a... Dragon's good, like, Piss? Drag yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, I've, yeah, Dragon's Piss. That's like a, the Game of Thrones beer or something. <laughs> Game of Thrones beer. I, yeah. they'll, and they'll charge you 40% extra just because it has the Game of Thrones logo on it. That's true. Like, I just said it, so we're going to get tapped Thanks, somehow. dude. Appreciate it. Literally. Yeah, Might as well yeah. have just opened up with Led Zeppelin. <laughs> just let me get <laughs> hammered all the way through this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to give you a few moments to kind of let people know where to find you, what they can expect, and um, where they can donate. We're going to make sure that we put all this in the show notes. So that if people do find that a story about Muslim culture and families and what it's like to traverse the refugee experience and leaving there and looking at what it is to have those societal divides and ignorance surrounding money or, you know, poverty or whatever it might be. Um, I think that giving people a chance to donate to that is something that is good for them to know that you're part of a voice that is giving others that have gone through trials and tribulations, the ability to share their experiences so that we can learn. We don't know what we don't wear in our lenses. And if we haven't traversed or experienced something, it's not, it's not our place to judge what they've been through until we've walked through their shoes. But we should believe them because we don't hold the glasses that they hold. Their prescription is different than ours. So anytime you can take your glasses and put it over that lens on the camera, and allow people to see it for what it is through your eyes, it's a grand experience. I don't think it works that way. Does it? You can't put your glasses over the lens of a camera and expect to see like Those, somebody? I think it works. You can. It would be a cool, I mean, it would be a cool shot, but I don't know if it's since you like all walleye and uh, hot shots part two. Gary, do you remember that? Walleye yes, vision? John yeah. Cryer? Yeah. yeah, it was John Cryer. The most ridiculous. That's back in uh, the day when Leslie Nielsen still ruled that type of comedy, the mm. what, what type of comedy is that called? Slapstick, slap, slap, slapstick uh, comedy. Yeah, it's airplane where it's like the shit's gonna hit the fan and they throw poop through a fan, like as a little huh. cutaway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that. You know, yeah. where he's like, um, what is it? Back Shirley, the, don't call me Shirley. That was back when Key yeah. Peel were still posting like skits and slapstick, which was just way, way before Key before and Peel. Peel. Before, <laughs> wow. before Key and Peel. Yeah. I feel, I feel we're very talking like mid eighties. Mid eighties like stuff. 80s. Wow. Then, yeah, that's yeah, really like old. Spaceballs. Oh, Spaceballs, dude! Amazing uh, flick yeah. too. May the Schwartz be with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think. Um, I mean, really, the, the biggest thing I just I, the only correction that I want to make for everything that you said is that uh, I, I wouldn't so much just call it Muslim. Um, things as oh, because, you know, no, no, the, no problem, right? It's it's you know, Middle, Middle Eastern East culture. has yeah, the Middle East has so many different. I mean, there's Christians, there's Jewish people, there's Hindus, there's so many different cultures in the Middle it's East. I mean, when you get North Africa involved, right, it's even more. Um, but I, it's it's just more about a human thing, right? It's just like pretty much brown people, you know, in in that area. 
and I think that just just to give the the listeners and viewers a little bit of context, uh, really what we're doing is we are currently raising some development funding for to put together a proof of concept, you know, for like Apple TV and for uh, a couple studios that can't say their names at the moment. Um, but really, the biggest purpose of this fundraiser is to get people involved. You know, we want people mm. to already kind of know what the project is, be aware of it, donate to it, because this. Now, the development fund, you know, a, a large percentage of that is going to go directly to uh, refugee, uh, national refugee organizations like IRC, like, you know, CARE, like, uh, you know, Islamic Relief, these, you know, organizations that are already directly doing, um, you know, good in the world, not only uh, from this development fund, but also from the profits of the show itself. So really, it's, I know some people might be asking themselves, well, if you're this producer, well, if you're this thing, why have, you know, why don't you just put it all together yourself? Um, it's, there's a lot of reasons, but the, the two biggest reasons are, you know, really just spreading awareness of, you know, what the project is, what's going on and to get people involved. I mean, the perks that we have are phenomenal and I think it'll really get people interested and involved in kind of what's going on. And it, it brings more of a sense you of community. seasonings to make a good soup. You don't want just <laughs> salt or just, you know, exactly. whatever you're putting in there. Gary, exactly. That's for you, man. Exactly. Yeah, soup. You can't, you can't unseason the soup. Exactly. I say that all the time. You can't unseason the yeah. soup. Exactly. But yeah, like, just to add on to that, it's like, if you go certain traditional routes to fund something, then people have a big say in exactly. that product. So exactly. if someone gives us the money to make it, they get to say, and then it'll be strictly about profit mm. or whatever agenda that they Deletes have. That so, message. Exactly. You know, if, this way, if it's sourced by many, it's kind of like decentralized. And it's, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's much the crypto version of bloodlines. Right, right. Yeah. Decentralized yeah. funding. I like it. I appreciate sure. it. Um, why don't you give people the uh, website and uh, where they can, they can reach out to you? Sure. Um, you know, if you guys go to uh, visionaryvaults.com, you know, or visionaryvaults.bloodlines.com, it will have, you know, the link to kind of everything that's going on. Of course, the Indiegogo link, uh, thanks to Jay, is going to be in the... Um, you know, in, in the description and everything. So you guys can just click on that as well. Or you guys can follow us on social media, you know, at Visionary Vaults, um, which is the content development studio that I run. Um, and yeah, everything should kind of be everywhere on that, on, on this and on all of those platforms. Man, I love it. Gary, you got anything you want to wrap up with? Yeah, just, you know, bringing up the the part about all different religions and stuff being represented over there. I think people forget that a lot. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you're if you're a Christian, like you should ride with all Christians and with everyone else. If you're Jewish, you should ride, you know, it's like people are, whatever religion you are, are in that region, you know? And like, not only should you ride it with your own. It all came from there. Right. But like with everybody else, like there's, if everybody is given the ability to tell their own story, things change. You know, if, if you might hate gay people and you sit down and have a beer with a gay dude and you're like, this dude's cool. He likes the same shit as me. You don't hate gay people anymore after that. You just never knew anybody. Same with Muslim people. There's many parts of this country that never met a Muslim person or a Hindu person or a Jewish person or a Catholic or whatever. And, you know, and like when you get to see what they're going through and see that their lives are the same, they have families they care about, they have, you know, things they're passionate about, they have struggles that they're getting through. You know, the more you could see that, meet the people, you know, if you can't sit down and talk to them, at least you know, on the screen, you could see what they're all about. I think it changes things a lot. And, you know, it has in my life. I grew up in Cleveland. There's white people and black people, you know, and that was it. And like, you know, I found out that the people that own the Chinese restaurant my whole life were Korean. 
You know, I didn't even know. You know, but I moved to Las uh, Vegas. I grew up and, with white people and white people. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden. <laughs> Book ended. Yeah. You meet all different types of people. And I moved to Las Vegas and I had friends from every walk of life and ethnicity and race. And, you know, like really quickly, like you forget. I prefer it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like you got, you got to open up yourself and, uh, you know, I won't talk all day, but going back to the, like America, you know, having this, we're the best thing. Like, I think we're in many ways the best country and I've been to a lot of them, but we could learn and grow. And if you, you know, if you think you're the best and you're not growing and progressing, people will catch up. You know, the yeah. the best black belts say that they have a white belt mentality still. And it's it's the same thing, you know. As Khabib says, who gave him this? Yeah. Gave him this yeah. black belt. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey guys, so I have a hard stop. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap us up. I appreciate both of you so much. David, thank you for sharing your story, what you're working on. I think um, you're going to do great things. You're being a light. Thank you for having me, Jay. I really appreciate Um, it. Yeah. Not a problem at all. Gary, always good. Appreciate you. Remember, everybody, be cool and keep learning. Can do. One second here.